opinions expressed on ACV Media are those of the content creators and should not be assumed to reflect product endorsements or the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Do you love to read but struggle to see print? Bookshare is a nonprofit ebook library that makes reading easier for people with low vision or blindness. Members can read in ways that work for them with ebooks in audio, large print, and digital braille. Get unlimited access to over 1 million titles, including New York Times bestsellers, periodicals, upskilling books, and more. Bookshare is free for New York Public Library patrons or U.S. students with a qualifying disability. For more information, visit bookshare.org today. Join me, Brian McCallan, on Speaking Out for the Blind. I interview blind newsmakers to inspire the population to go for their dreams. Speaking Out for the Blind airs Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern on ACB Media One. Welcome to Speaking Out for the Blind. I'm Brian McCallan. According to KGW-TV, Deborah Erickson runs her online business called The Blind Kitchen. The business sells adaptive culinary tools to the blind and visually impaired who like to cook. The Blind Kitchen contains blog posts and articles related to many aspects of cooking. The aspects include the organization of the kitchen and labeling of food. Deborah is here to talk about the Blind Kitchen with us. Hi, Deborah. Hi, thank you for having me. Glad you're here. Tell us about yourself and your vision loss. Okay. Um, I have retinitis pigmentosa, and I was there were signs of it when I was 17, but I wasn't officially diagnosed until I was 28. And um, it just kept getting progressively worse. So I have no usable vision in my left eye. And I have what I just call cloudy vision in my right eye. There's no colors. There's no corners. But I can see light and I can sometimes see contrast if, if it's strong enough. So that's me. Let's talk more about your vision loss. You started to lose your vision at 17. Talk about how that lack of night vision and peripheral vision eventually turned into your blindness and retinitis pigmentosa. So the first signs of retinitis, I mean, everybody progresses differently, but the most common first symptoms of retinitis pigmentosa are night blindness and peripheral vision, loss of peripheral vision. But how much can do I know how other people could see in the dark? So I didn't know. And how much peripheral vision do other people have? I didn't know. I drove for years. The DMV doesn't test for either of those. So it wasn't until my central vision was affected that I really had to quit driving and and really had to start um, focusing on blindness skills. You were just one of twelve kids in a whole family who learned how to how to cook from your own mother. But <laughs> so you cook a little bit differently now that you have yes. your, that you've lost your vision. You went from going to a culin you went to this culinary school. And you learned a lot about the history, the art, the science of cooking. So you could, so you could teach adults with limited vision. Talk about that. Yeah. So I have taught adults in the past and I knew when I was going through voc rehab at the Oregon Commission for the Blind that I wanted to teach, but I didn't know what subject. I didn't want to teach what I taught before. And I was taking a meal prep class and the light bulb went out in my head. I said, I could teach this, but I, I have never really been formally trained to cook. So 
the commission allowed me to go to culinary school. I was the only blind student, and I learned so much. Well, now you're actually teaching that meal prep class to blind and visually impaired adults because you're the Oregon Commission for the Blind's Vocational Rehabilitation Instructor. How do you teach meal prep? I love teaching meal prep, and it involves the adaptive culinary tools, and it also involves knowledge. So I we teach one-on-one. I have another, there's another instructor here as well. She was my instructor. And when we're teaching knife skills, we're hand-on-hand with our students, showing them correct uh, hand placement. But then if there's, if they either have a physical challenge that makes that difficult for them, or if I know of a faster way that has good outcomes, I'll teach them how to use things like a, a box grater or a plunge chopper. Uh, there are so many tips and techniques. And in fact, in the blind kitchen, uh, there's almost 70 tools now that are not most of them not made for the blind and visually impaired, but they really make life in the kitchen easier for us. Talk about those graters and choppers. How do we use those without getting our fingers chopped off? (laughs) (laughs) Well, one thing that I learned during a work experience is I worked at uh, a local high-end deli grocery store combination. They're all over the country. And they made all of their employees, including me, wear something they called cut-resistant gloves. And they're actually made of polyurethane, polyethylene. And you can't cut through that. I suppose you could if you tried. But why would you put one on if you wanted to cut your finger? But I, I, you can go back and forth with a sharp knife across your finger. It doesn't affect the glove and it doesn't affect your finger. They're really very confidence building. So even when I had vision and I would be grating cheese or whatever, if sometimes I'd get too far and my DNA would be there in the food. <laughs> Nobody wants my <laughs> DNA. But these, these um, cut gloves let you get really close to any blades or surfaces. Now they don't let, they aren't puncture proof. A, a point of a probe or a sharp tip could get through the weave if you're pointing it, you know, at your hand. But for normal cutting or grating, they work perfectly. That is excellent. Now, you're teaching the blind and visually impaired adults, just like you and me, to cook mm-hmm. independently and safely, along with selling adaptive cooking items, tools, through your special business called The Blind Kitchen. Tell us more about The Blind Kitchen. Well, first of all, if you go to look for my website, make sure to type in the word The Blind Kitchen because there's a show in Boston called Blind Kitchen and it pits local celebrities, blindfolds them and have them do competitions. (laughs) That's not me. Um, (laughs) But but in big distinction. Um, But the, the, the tools are the bread and butter of The Blind Kitchen how we keep it going, but the Blind Kitchen Library is the heart of the Blind Kitchen because it has 11 categories of information not related to anything we're selling, um, but of those categories that you put out there, like cleaning, like dining out, like 
how do you shop after vision loss? How can you access and read recipes after vision loss? And so there's a lot of tips and tricks in there. And it's that's all free. Anyone can go into the Blind Kitchen Library and see it. And the other thing I want to put out there is the tools. Like I said, they're not made for the blind and visually impaired. So you can get them other places if you prefer. We'd like you to buy them for us, obviously, if you learn from them from us. But if you don't, if you have access to it, or you may even have something in your kitchen that you don't realize is very accessible if you just look at it a little different way. And that's what we try to do in the blind kitchen is to make the whole cooking experience from shopping and recipes and cleaning, dining out, entertaining. We're trying to just help make it easier for people with vision loss or who are blind. So there are over 60 adaptive culinary tools with short audio described video tutorials. What mm-hmm. are some of the items that you feature? Why are they blind friendly? Okay, How, good question. Why we even use and care for them? I mean, what sort of tools are we referring to here? Okay, so I, I talked about the cut glove. Yeah. So we have the videos, and the videos are pretty short. And what they they do is they describe like what that cut glove is and how to use and care for it and why it's blind friendly. Um, some of the other tools are that we that we use in the blind kitchen are uh, talking thermometers talking scales a lot of people are familiar with them but they may give you different things but there there's other tools in there too such as a long handled wooden spoon a long handled spider and long handled tongs and i mean long they're 17 inches and the reason for that is and that they have wooden handles is super important so wooden handles don't conduct heat So you can keep it in the pot while you're cooking for most foods. You can just leave it there and you don't have that dripping that goes when you try to get it to a spoon rest, you know, moving it from the pot back in and out. So you can leave them in the pot. Plus, they're tall enough that they're not going to fall down into the pot. They can't. They're they're too tall. So that's another thing. Trying to get a, a utensil out of the bottom of a bubbling hot pot is dangerous and scary. And this makes it unavoidable. The other thing the long-handled things do is they allow you to hover over the top of the pot without coming into contact with it. So for some people, that gives them extra security. Another tool I think should be in everybody's kitchen, especially the blind, is our of gloves. You've probably seen them on TV. They, yes. have, they come under different brands. Oh, yeah. They have the silicone that not only protects you from the heat, but they are, and it, you also have five fingers, so you have flexibility. You can stretch your fingers out under the dish, but it also makes the di- them non-slippery because that silicone grips onto the thing, so you're less likely. Those bulky, quilted oven mitts are dangerous, and you don't get much tactile information. So I, I really think every person should have a pair of those of, of gloves in, the, in their kitchen. Well, what about those hot surfaces like the stoves in our own kitchens? What can we do when working with those? That's a good question. So here at the commission, The majority of our students have glass top stoves, and a lot of them are completely stumped as to how can you cook on a flat surface? How do you know if you're centered or not? And there's a couple of techniques, and I'll I'll go over one of them now, is that when you are cooking, so first of all, when you first turn the oven on, you can hover above the, the 
burner and feel about where the heat is. So that that's one way. But once it's on, you and the pan's on top of it, you, you don't have that information anymore. So what you can do is you can touch a hot pan or a hot, but not the burner, but you can touch the pan like the top of it for just a second and you're not going to get burned. You can't touch hot food for the most part because the food's going to come back with your finger. But on a hot pot, you touch it for a second, it immediately starts to cool and you're fine. So knowing that information, when you're cooking on a glass top stove, the heat should be coming from underneath the pan. It should not be coming up the side of the pan. So when I'm touching, I'm constantly touching the top of my pan. If it's hotter on one side than it is on the other, that means that the heat is coming up the side of the pan and that's what's making it hotter. And then I know to move the pan towards where that pan is the hottest to try and get it over the top again. And you can also tell a lot of times by listening, if you're trying to boil water and all of a sudden the water quits boiling, you've probably lost your center. So you you need to, so you can also use your ears. And I want to talk about one other thing that, speaking of boiling water, we have something called a boiling alert disc, and it was made to prevent boilovers from starchy foods like uh, pasta or potatoes, but it has a side effect that it rattles when the bubbles are coming up. It doesn't allow the normal formation of bubbles when water, they have to come up and around that. So as they come up, it can push it up just the tiniest bit. So you can tell, you can listen to how hard or how slow your water is boiling just using your ears. It's a wonderful little tool. Another tool are the ladle-shaped measuring cups. What are the bumps on the cups for? Okay, so when measuring wet ingredients can be a special challenge when, when you can't see. You can, you can pour a little bit and check, pour a little bit, check with your finger. Is it full? Is it full? It, it, it can take a long time, and it also can avoid it, end up in waste. So what the Blind Kitchen has done, we did not invent this system, but I think we perfected it. The handles of the wet measure cups and spoons are bent upward so they look towards the ceiling and the so the cup now resembles a ladle like that you would do soup so first of all you want to know what size cup or spoon you have there are dots that cannot be removed on there that are very tactile to touch you don't need to know braille if there's one dot on it it means it's one cup if there's two dots it's a half a cup if it's three dots or a third of a tablespoon or, or a third of a teaspoon. So th those dots correspond with the size of the cup. So there's no need to nest them, no need to compare them. You can just touch with a quick thing in your finger. And I just want to finish up on the wet measure system. So let's say I need one teaspoon of vanilla. So identify the ladle shaped, the wet measuring spoon that has one dot on it. And I put it inside this little spouted pitcher that comes with, with the wet measure spoons. And what that pitcher does, it has a little spout on it. It allows the ladle to stand upward by itself because the spoons have rounded bottoms. Almost all teaspoons do. Then I take the vanilla and I pour it into the little pitcher so that it overflows the cup. I put my left hand finger in there and touch the top of the steel so that I know when the vanilla overflows it. That way I know it's perfectly full and perfectly level. So when I go to lift that up 
and transfer it to my target dish, if I don't hear anything spilling, I am confident that there is one teaspoon going in there. But then now I've got this little pitcher that still has maybe a tablespoon of liquid in it that I don't want to throw away. Vanilla is very expensive. So also included with those sets are a funnel with a very small neck. And you just put the funnel into the vanilla jar. And now instead of having a little tiny hole to try and get that liquid back in, you guide the leftover vanilla into the funnel, which has about a three inch opening. So you've got a much bigger target. And voila, you haven't, you've got the perfect teaspoon and you haven't wasted anything at all it's a really good system the bumps on the cups help the blind help the blind help the blind the bumps on the cups help the blind distinguish their size right yep you missed your calling brian (laughs) (laughs) now you can't work in in the blind kitchen all by yourself you got a staff how the staff members help you and help make the blind kitchen possible? I have a fabulous team. Probably the thing I knew the least about when I started this business was making videos. But I had some criteria that I wanted. I wanted to make sure that they were... Blind people don't like silent movies. They're just no fun. (laughs) So I wanted to make sure that they were audio described. And they are. So when I am not talking and teaching, like maybe I'm doing something that I have to concentrate on, I have a professional man. He's got a wonderful voice who will describe to you what I'm doing if I can't think and talk at the same time, which is a lot of the time. Um, He describes the introduction. Uh, He's just got a wonderful voice. So that is, so I've also got a costume hair and makeup person. So if I look good, we have to thank Aaron. My videographer is absolutely indispensable. He's very sensitive. And and, and we had to learn each other's worlds. We've talked about that before, where he had to learn about the blind world, and I had to learn how to make videos. And he has been fabulous. And then I also have a marketing person named Maya White, and she runs my Facebook page and my Instagram at this point. So it's it's been quite a thing, and I also have to thank my husband. He calls himself the Uber driver, but, <laughs> but he absolutely has not questioned any of the decisions I've made. hasn't hounded me on the financing of it or anything. I, I couldn't have done this without without having Craig behind me. How how many how many followers, uh, customers, viewers, etc. Does the Blind Kitchen have? You know, I'd have to ask. I, I don't don't look at that information. That's what my marketing person does. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's okay. But it increases. I, I do know it increases. We get a monthly report and they also can tell me where they're coming from and stuff like that. So we're in like 21 countries where people have at least, I know, logged on onto the website. So there's, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm not a marketing person. So my, I understand. I'm trying to keep up with it. But that's like a very good reach. Yeah, it, it feels like I, I feel like there's a market out there and a need for this. And I love doing it. So it's a win win. So what have people said about the blind kitchen? Um, I've heard lots of things. One is that the website is very accessible. And I forgot to mention my web designer. She actually is taking classes to make it more accessible. And she also made 
the management part of it, which is a different portal you go in, that I was able to, I can do it with no vision using JAWS, that she made sure that I, doing the program, that I was able to run my own business. And that's a great member to have on the team. Um, so the, uh, oh, so the, the, that the website is very accessible, that the videos are, so people get it when they watch the videos and, and they feel included because they also kind of describe the color of my chef coat, what my earrings are. It's kind of a, a, an experience that pulls people in when you can't see and you don't know, getting those details, people really like that. Um, they like the articles that are on there and and they they like the tools, the ones that have bought it so far. Like I said, we're, we're really new and trying to get our name out there, but it, it's gonna spread. Probably not as fast as I want to, but we're we're doing a pretty good job so far. So how can we check out the Blind Kitchen? Okay. You can go to www.theblindkitchen.com and you can peruse the website. That KGW news thing that they, the TV station that came to film us is right on the front. It's only like a two-minute video. Yeah, the great um, NBC affiliate in Portland, Oregon. There you go. There you go. And then we've got, um, there are videos that talk about, uh, yeah, we didn't even go into how these are. I also sell them by collections and mostly agencies by those where there is a collection of 15 tools for kitchen basics that have to do with measuring, portioning, having a safe, efficient work area. The second one is cutting and chopping. The third one is items that are related to cooking methods, commonly performed on top of the stove. And the fourth one is cooking methods commonly done in the oven. So there are overviews of the collections. There are articles on all those other categories I mentioned earlier. Uh, the website is very active and we are constantly adding new material. And the other thing I want to really say is we want to hear from our customers. If they have a problem, I love solving problems. That's what I do. That's how this came about. If, if you have a problem with some type of a, that you find something challenging in your kitchen, I haven't had time to write up everything that I know. But if perhaps if you email me at info at the blind kitchen.com, um, I'll get back to you and say, oh, I, somebody taught me how to do this or, or, you know, I, found a tool that can help you do that. I really encourage feedback from people because we, we really want to make it a community. That's really what I want. People get together around cooking and, and it, it creates a family-like atmosphere. It creates an ability to talk with each other and share your culture or share, you know, your family recipes and stuff. And I think that in time, that there are other people like me that are very interested in cooking and want to exchange ideas. So I, I'm, I'm hoping that this community forms with the Blind Kitchen. What's the motto of the Blind Kitchen? Everyone gets a seat at the table in the Blind Kitchen. I love that one. That's a nice and easy one to remember. Deborah, yeah. you're an inspiration to us all. We hope to check out the Blind Kitchen and use some of the tools you have given us today for use in our own kitchens. Thanks for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure.
My Our pleasure here, too. So before we go, listeners, I welcome your comments on this program. Just visit and like me on Facebook at Speaking Out for the Blind or follow me on Twitter at Speak Out Blind or Speak Out for the Blind. You can also check out my website. That's speakingoutfortheblind.weebly.com. More information on today's show is posted there. Just look under the list of episodes and show news tab. And my show archive is at speaking-out-for-blind.pinecast.co. That's all for this edition of Speaking Out for the Blind. Thanks for listening. And remember to speak out. Hello, this is Dan Spoon, President of the American Council of the Blind. I just want to give a big hip, hip, hooray out there to our tremendous membership that does such a great job. You are listening to ACB Media One, also known as Mainstream, the flagship of the ACB Media Network. The ACB Media Network is a service of the American Council of the Blind. Please visit us at acbradio.org.